Hey friends, welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm happy that you can join me in connecting with photographers and entrepreneurs as we discuss photography, business, and that sometimes messy thing we call life. This podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the professional photographer. Visit photographersedit.com. All right, I am here with, I would say, a relatively new friend of mine. We've known each other for a little bit, Tasha, a little bit, yeah. um, through the local photographers group. First of all, I have to set the scene here because um, I, I am here with Tasha Coach. And I'm pronouncing your last name correctly, yes? yes. Okay. Yeah, it's, we, it's a weird one, but it's, it's really easy to say. We were just reviewing this before we got started, but we are actually in your home studio, mm-hmm. and you've been giving me kind of a tour of the studio space, and we're going to get into kind of how you use the space in a little bit more detail here in a bit. But I rarely get the opportunity to do an interview in person. I'm lucky enough to get a chance to connect with you through our local photographers group here in Chattanooga. Yes. And you were kind enough to be willing to do a podcast interview. We actually get to do it in person. Oh, I'm honored to be able to do it, definitely. And I'm very excited to do it in person. When when I found out that you run Photographers Edit originally, I was like, wow, this is something that I listened to that I didn't realize was local to me. So this is a great opportunity. It's real wonderful. Well, we are going to we're going to talk about something. We've talked a little bit about boudoir photography here mm-hmm. uh, or boudoir photography here I on the podcast. I call it boudoir. Don't worry Do about okay. that. R. I'm not hoity-toity about it. <laughs> Most of my clients can't even pronounce it at all. So I'm just like, this is an intimate session, a storytelling session for you, a portrait session for uh, you. Not so much boudoir or boudoir. I feel like boudoir like just kind of brings to mind the old glamour 80s mm, kind of. 80s, okay. Yeah, that 80s, 90s feel. <laughs> of glamour with the look over the shoulder and and it's just it's just oh it's a little bit dated we're slowly taking back the term boudoir but but yeah and definitely lacks about the how to say it okay so we'll go with boudoir yeah easiest for you and and you mentioned storytelling because that's Mm -hmm. actually what we're going to focus on today it's a different angle on this topic that we haven't covered at the podcast before so we're going to get to that here in just a little bit but we normally start off the podcast um, with a question about brand position yeah and this is an interesting one because I mean, even Chattanooga, we have a relatively small market here, and yet there are so many photographers. Mm -hmm. And so the question is, how do we set ourselves apart from, whether it's a Chattanooga market or a big city market, how do we set ourselves apart? What is the brand position? So how would you characterize your brand position? What's the thing that makes you distinct from other boudoir photographers in the area? You know what's hilarious? I had a completely different answer for this until you brought in just like how to make us different from other photographers because that just brings it right into storytelling. (laughs) That is almost exactly what I was going to say for later as well was, you know, when you have so many different photographers in an area and how, especially nowadays, how it's so easy to become a professional photographer. I say with, you know, the little air quotes. I I know you guys can't see that, but so easy to become a photographer nowadays. You have to differentiate yourself and I feel like the way that I do it and what makes me unique is the fact that I pull storytelling into it and I'm lovingly redefining beauty like that's when I first when I first started I created this hashtag for myself that kind of summed up I what I felt I wanted to do with my business and that's redefine beauty because I know when I was growing up as a kid I had such body issues and all the way up through adulthood even recently I've had a lot of body issues. And I know from my clients, I mean, their stories and what they've been through and what they go through and what we go through in their in our sessions has changed my life and my perceptions um, of them them and, and of beauty itself. I feel like that's, I mean, they've changed me and I've hopefully changed them by the end of their mm-hmm. session. Mm-hmm. And that's what I feel like my brand is, is, is it's, you know, redefining beauty doing it through storytelling, through, you know, really creating that personal session that brings it out of my clients. Well, and there's actually a, a quote. It's actually from your website. It oh, says, yeah. warning, a boudoir session with the Wanderlust Studio, which is the name of your business, mm-hmm. by the way, may cause spontaneous bouts of sexy confidence. Yes. <laughs> which is a, a pretty great summation of, of what you just described. Yeah. I know that, uh, and I've alluded to this, I think, on the podcast before, it's not just women either that struggle with oh, yeah, body yeah. image issues or insecurities regarding how they look and creating an atmosphere and environment where you can help somebody feel comfortable 
with himself, first of all, is just, it's paramount for any type of photographer that is working with a human being, right? But then you come into a boudoir session like this and, and, and it's, it takes it to a whole different level. So for you to be able to do that, and then not only that, helped him feel comfortable enough to tell a story, oh, yeah. which is a concept I'm not really familiar with when it comes to boudoir photography. Again, we're going to touch on that in just mm-hmm. a bit, um, is really great. Yeah. So I, I, I think that that focus, storytelling, I think is really kind of, it does help set you apart, but the emphasis on helping them feel comfortable enables that, right? Yeah, most definitely. And that's honestly what, what everyone lacks coming in here. Everyone mm-hmm. who comes through my studio, men, women, everyone none of them feel 100% about themselves. Yeah, you said earlier, we were chatting before we started recording and you, you were referencing somebody who said that they wanted to lose that quote last 30 pounds before yeah, they came in and got photographed. last 30 pounds. Yeah. Oh, it really doesn't. That last 30 pounds really doesn't matter. Huh. It really doesn't. I've, I mean, I've had people of all sizes come in and it's all about that confidence and mm. building that up. And that's what I try to do is build up that confidence for them and with them so that they can have an amazing experience. Well, and by the way, for those of you who are listening in or curious what this uh, what Tasha's work looks like, you're going to want to go to her website. First of all, it's wanderlustboudoirstudio.com. We'll link to this in the show notes. Uh, for you, for those of you listening in, if you don't take advantage of the show notes, it's boka, B-O-K-E-H, podcast.com. And then Instagram, wanderlust underscore boudoir mm-hmm. on Instagram. You can check out Tasha's work. But let's talk a little bit about business advice. Yeah. How long have you been in business? Like my own studio about three to four years now. Okay. Um, Yeah. Before that, I worked for other commercial studios. So. So you have experience, quite a bit of experience as a photographer, Mm -hmm. relatively new sole proprietor, shall we say, uh, or individual business owner. And so I'm curious in that time frame because you've built something up pretty great already in that relatively short amount of time, what's one of the most important lessons that you've learned or put another way, what would be you had like 15 seconds in an elevator and you had to give advice to a fellow photographer, what would that thing be? Network. Build your community. Hmm. Straight out the gate, build your community. Especially for artistic creatives such as ourselves. It can be it can get really lonely. It can get super lonely. Yeah, you talked about working we from before. home. Yeah, yeah, working from home. So I edit, I do all of my marketing, I do all of my business planning, I do everything from home. Mm -hmm. And so not being able to get out much and everything, you kind of get sucked in that vortex of just becoming such an introvert and a a little bit of a hermit. And so you really need to create those and cultivate those connections that you can make in, for one, in our community, Mm -hmm. um, you know, in the creative community. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were talking about earlier, we have our little weekly photography group meetings, which I love. I adore those meetings. They get me out of the house. And you show (laughs) up very consistently. I do. I really need those meetings every week. (laughs) I really do. But they're just it's not even just for friendship's sake, mm-hmm. you know, just having that connection with mm-hmm. people. It's being able to bounce off ideas. It's being able to learn from them because they've had different experiences. They they have different, you can learn from their different sides of business because it's not just our photography community. It's also, you know, the other creative artists in the community because they can have something completely different, a different point of view than you. And you can really learn from that. You prioritize going to workshops mm-hmm. quite a bit, it seems. Yes. Um, so I do travel quite a bit. And whenever I can, I love learning from other photographers, especially with those that have a little bit of a different style as mine. I recently had my own session actually with Alex Sharalau, who is an amazing photographer. I'm probably butchering his last name too. I really need to ask him specifically how he pronounces his last name because it's a hard one too. But he's a um, a UK photographer. We were both in Vegas at the time for mm. WPPI. Mm-hmm. But I actually, I paid to have a boudoir session with him to cool. learn from him cool. specifically. And then of course, to have my own amazing boudoir session. But he had a completely different style than mine at the time. Mm. And I actually like, from what I learned from him, he's very cinematic. He utilizes ambient lighting, um, darker tone lighting, and really tells a story (laughs) back to storytelling. He really tells a story in his photography. And it's just amazing the way that he does this. And I've taken what I've learned from him and from other photographers, and built it into my own work to create my own style and develop my own style. And I love I love doing that. I love learning from other photographers. Well, like you said earlier, it is important to have that community, but the perspective that you gain from exposure to other perspectives yeah, is, is absolutely wonderful. Yeah, I can't stress that enough. And by the way, for those of you who feel like you're too busy 
Tasha's pretty busy and and she just makes time. She just yeah. shows up. And I, I love that. And we just all we have to do is put it in our calendar and commit to it. It's yeah. not so complicated. I think schedule. Schedules are a girl's best friend. It's everybody's oh best God. friend. Yeah, it's everybody's best friend. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. <laughs> so speaking of though, time, um, free time, creating time, that's something we talk a lot about on the podcast mm-hmm. and, and how to go about doing that ultimately, right? Because I mean, we might love running our businesses and that's great, but there's more to life than just running a business. So yeah, most definitely. What's something that you do, even if it's just little pieces of time here and there, what's something that you do in your week-to-week workflow that enables you to have a little bit of that time? So on the inside, I'm laughing right now because scheduling. (laughs) Seriously, the only way I can put in free time is is to schedule it in. A lot of times when it's, thankfully right now, it's not too too busy. It will be in a few weeks. But uh, when it's super, super busy, yeah, I have to schedule in showers. Like you schedule in 15-minute, like go for a walk. Mm Mm-hmm. Go read, you know, 15 minutes, read a book, you mm-hmm. know, and, and I, I actually schedule in free time with my work because otherwise I get too caught up with yep. what I'm doing at that time, like whether it be editing or blogging or scheduling social media posts, mm-hmm. social media, especially 75% of my job I find is social media. Really? Honestly, yeah. Cultivating those relationships because it's about that community again. It's not just, you know, professionally on the business side of things. And personally with friendships, with that whole community, it's also with boudoir, I find it's so much better and so much easier when you have already a community to draw from and to build a rapport and to get to know and they can get to know you. Uh, And that's I have a, a private girls group on Facebook that I run that's all about empowering women. It's a safe space for women to come in and ask questions, uh, you know, about health, relationships, sex boudoir, lingerie, you know, clothing, anything really. And it's that safe space and it's that community again to draw from. I find that's, that's I mean, that's the way to do it, just to, to have that community because they can get to know you and you can get to know them. But you've got to segment your your week so that you have time for that yeah, kind of thing. So that's do, the thing. You've got to segment it. It takes so much time because you've got you've to post. And then with Facebook and social media, it's just, it's really hard nowadays, especially with all the algorithms and all of that. You've got to be active in your groups and you've got to be there and reply to every single comment. And and I mean, not just for the algorithm, but also to help the girls get to know you and of course be right. authentic, you know, with the girls. Are and you are you using a particular app though mm-hmm. to, to break your week up, to create those time blocks or whatever it I'm is? I'm old school. I use Google Calendar. I That's am great. so old school, but I mean, it's, it's definitely, it helps because I can literally just block out everything mm-hmm. that and like an Excel spreadsheet, something like that. Google calendar is my, definitely my friend though. Well, it, the thing about Google calendar that I've found is particularly helpful too, is it's easy to share. Like mm-hmm. people can be on other platforms, but it's easy definitely. to share a Google calendar with somebody um, easily accessible mm-hmm. any and everywhere. And um, that's really helpful. I've also, and I mentioned this on the podcast before, but I use Calendly. Yes, yeah. To schedule. In fact, we when we scheduled our podcast interview, mm-hmm. I sent you a link to my Calendly calendar, and that ties into Google Calendar yep. and knows my availability and enables people to schedule appointments. So it works out really well. But yeah, Google Calendar is the bomb. But you have to actually use it, number one. And mm-hmm. I think beyond that, you have to actually commit to it. There are a lot of people that don't. They put something in there or they look at their calendar, but they're not willing to, to, to actually like, put do that it. thing in there <laughs> yeah. and take up that space. I'm like, just commit. It's not yeah. a big deal. You could do it. <laughs> no, that's good. That's really important. Talk to me about um, business learning, Yeah, um, whether it's business books or uh, maybe audio books or podcasts mm-hmm. or anything else. Yeah. How do you go about getting your inspiration and your education? Yeah. So um, what I usually do, I gravitate more towards like online tutorials in in different forums and communities online. Things like Creative Live. Kelby One was a big one for me when I first started out, especially with building the business because he has Scott Kelby. Uh, he's a photographer, an amazing photographer. If you don't know him, his platform has a lot of variety of okay. different learning, especially if you're beginning into photography and all of that. So in the beginning, he was really helpful. And then yeah, he's I been around for a while. Oh, he's moved on. He's been he's been for a while. Yeah, definitely. He's he's one of the the old school photographers that you just like automatically gravitate towards hmm. him and Joe McNally. Okay. Like those two are yep. hand in hand, uh, who you go to, to learn, uh, especially for lighting, <laughs> especially for lighting. But yeah. And after, after I kind of had 
grown past what I needed from there. Then I went on to more specific, especially when I actually specialized in boudoir. I went towards more of the boudoir communities. You know, the Association of, Association of International Boudoir Photographers. They have a great tutorial list of things that you can listen to, kind of podcast style. Okay. And then the Do More Forum, Do More, Wear Less, mm-hmm. uh, which is a huge boudoir platform. They're a great community to learn from, not just from the forum itself, but from just the private groups that they have like on Facebook. They are great to learn from, have a whole list of tutorials, things like that. Podcasts like your podcasts are are ones to definitely listen to. Um, I love the last one with Matt. That was amazing. Did you did you love that? I loved that. We and just, that's just like listening to that. I was just like, oh, man. He, he was, I was actually listening to a segment of it this morning and it was mm-hmm. inspiring just to... It's so inspiring. The, the first 20, 25 minutes, the back and forth talking about mentality, mm-hmm. how to approach not just business, but life yeah. in general. No, definitely. Um, for those of you who are curious, if you haven't heard episode 268 with Matt Matthews, you're definitely going to want to hear that. It's he definitely is, worth it. Oh, man. And, and like the wonderful, wonderful energy he brings to the conversation is oh, so yeah. awesome, he too. He is so much fun. Oh, it's so good. He's so much fun. I'm also in his group, actually. Are you really? Yeah. Really? It's like he also has a learning platform that is amazing. <laughs> he, he's he got a lot to offer, for sure. Mm-hmm. Photography. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about something unusual in your camera bag. This has a, been a favorite question. This has been a favorite question of ours. <laughs> and and it, it, this doesn't have to be a lens. It doesn't have to be a camera. It doesn't have to be a flash. It could be something totally random. But what is something that you utilize that enables you to be a better photographer. Yeah, I've been experimenting lately with creating different depths of field and, and utilizing different depths of field and different creating an environment in my portraits where um, it's almost like I'm shooting behind something or shooting through something or kind of peeking into my client's sessions, kind of that kind of feel to the portrait. And so I've gravitated lately towards shooting through things like copper pipes. You can shoot through. That was the most random one. You showed me this yeah. the other day at one of the, the Chattanooga uh, photography get-togethers and yeah. that was, it wasn't something that I would have guessed you would shoot through. oh and it's something that you can just get from like Home Depot just like you when I got it they would cut it for you but now you got to get a big pipe and you have to cut it yourself and you wow. have to get like the cutting thing they apparently had too many people cutting and then returning Ah, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. They just ruin it for the rest of us <laughs> but uh, I'm sure you can also get them on online and all that but uh, yeah finding things that really I mean you don't have to spend a lot of money on them at all you literally just pick them up at antiques you know shops and vintage shops that you know you just randomly find I was talking earlier yeah you were showing me so yeah and for those of you who don't get the visual (laughs) talk to me a little bit about this piece that you were showing me earlier because you were doing a little show and tell yeah so I just found this piece that I'm not a hundred percent sure what it is but it seems to be kind of a stained glass stained glass tea candle holder yeah it looks like that yeah Yeah. like and so you put a a tea candle in it and it would light up the stained glass really nicely well it's got a lot of it's in this little flower formation and it has a lot of openings in it where you can shoot through or you can just utilize the glass to kind of fill in dead space in your portrait if you're shooting into light you know because it'll come through and it'll just create these beautiful jewel tones and so things like that i mean i think i got this for like a dollar. It's it's all dusty now. I haven't cleaned it or anything. It's it's from an antique mall. And it was from an um, antique store. Yeah, okay. it was probably. I think it probably like a dollar or two. It wasn't even that much. And then things like that, the copper pipe. I actually have a post mm-hmm. here that I pulled up from May twenty seventh. Again, for those of you listening in, if you want to, to check this out on Instagram, it's wanderlust underscore boudoir. Uh, or boudoir, whichever you prefer. <laughs> whichever you prefer. But May 27th, mm-hmm. uh, this looks like you shot through something. Is that, is yeah, that right? It's so a black and white image? Yeah, that's the black and white image of what I showed you earlier. That's shooting through a strand of little battery-operated lights that are shaped like stars. Yeah. I picked them up during uh, Christmas season. So um, I think like they were super cheap on sale. But they're just those little battery-operated ones that yeah. you kind of put maybe in front of your computer. Like a, a mm-hmm. college girl would put it, you know, in front of her computer. My kids or, put them in their room, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's it's one of those where it's just like this cheap and easy thing that you never really thought of, but mm-hmm. you can really utilize to be really creative. So really you're using these objects to kind of emphasize depth of field, mm-hmm. to, to fill in dead space, yeah, fill to in frame dead space a little bit, subjects frame. a little bit. Mm-hmm. 
This is it. It's an interesting. I mean, it's a creative idea. And and had I been that cool a photographer back when I was shooting weddings, this would have been a really cool way to go about. Oh, that's how I started it. Actually, was really? was in weddings. I think I had seen a, a ring of fire shot, which is that copper pipe. Um, I had seen a ring of fire shot, and it was while I was doing weddings, and that's how I kind of got into it. Okay, uh, was utilizing it then, and uh, I didn't really fully get into it and start utilizing it I think till boudoir though because for one just for weddings you don't have time to carry all that stuff you really don't here I have the I can have them all laid out and I can actually I have time to think oh it'd be cool shot through this but it's it's subtle too it's not Mm -hmm. over the top it doesn't feel like it's yeah you don't want to take away from the photos see that's the thing you do it's it's a fine line you really don't want to you want to use them to emphasize what you're looking at what you want the eye to see yeah rather than taking away and making it too busy like that's that's one thing you don't want to do yeah i'm looking at september 30th 2018 so i scrolled Mm -hmm. back a little ways and this is a beautiful image yeah this portrait but what are you framing her with there it's a little chandelier light oh there's a specific name for him and i can't remember it it basically looks like a glass bowl yeah it looks like a like a cigar like a glass cigar bowl you know Uh um but there's a hole in the bottom (laughs) because it was it was part of a chandelier yeah it was around a light and a chandelier and a big chandelier this one's the biggest one i've ever found okay yeah and usually they're they're itty bitty ones very light but and but still very usable this one's the heaviest one i found the heaviest and biggest but i got it specifically because of all the different facets yeah in these crystals right here it's it, you all have to look at this again September 30th 2018 and that's at wanderlust underscore boudoir so you can see an example of this but it's beautiful mm-hmm. and it's and it's and it's subtle and yet it's not but it really doesn't get in the way of the image and I think it's really beautifully done so this is this is a great little tip for those of you curious start shooting through things or around things <laughs> using some random object that oh, might yeah. be around you you can use that to, to frame an image it's a really really great idea I want to experiment with it more now oh it's super fun it's super fun getting a little bit creative with them so boudoir photography it's become particularly popular actually in the last I mean I just from my observation, maybe in the last two or three years in particular, maybe a little bit more, maybe the last five. Probably about the last five years. It's five. really grown and, and become more popular, yeah. And not just with individuals, but with couples as mm-hmm. well. But when you brought up this idea of storytelling boudoir photography, I don't know that I'd ever heard of a boudoir photographer referencing their boudoir work in that way. Yeah, It's kind of a different thing. Is there, is there a particular reason that you care about the story side of the genre? Well, again, it kind of goes, I think when it first started, when I first started seeing my photo sessions as more storytelling, as, as like telling a story, I think it was actually back when I worked for Disney. I loved, I loved telling, capturing the moments. Mm. And were you shooting so, weddings for Disney? I, I did both. I, um, uh, sorry. Not boudoir um, for Disney? No, not <laughs> boudoir. There actually was. I assisted on one boudoir really? shoot and that was, that was pretty awesome. But yeah, there actually was boudoir at Disney in the hotel. I was going to say, that's the possibilities are endless. The one, the entire time I worked there, the one that happened. But no, I worked in the parks first as a photo pass, because that's what I got in through the college program, Okay, which was amazing, an amazing I've heard it's amazing. Oh, it's a great opportunity. Disney ruined me for other companies. That's why I built my own. (laughs) I really, really did uh, ruin me for others, because they are an amazing company. And but no, I got in through there. And then when I graduated, I went back for one more semester, I think, in uh, the college program, and then got graduated to professional internship and went on from there into the wedding photography, DFAP, Disney Fine Art uh, Photography Group. They're the ones that do all the weddings and all of that. How many were you working in Florida? Is that right? Mm -hmm, How many photographers did they have just for weddings? Do you know? Total. Well, because they're contract hires, they would come in at different times of the week. But I think total we had three people there that were there constantly in our photography room, like editing and and doing albums and things like that. Oh, there were two others doing albums as well. But then photographers themselves, probably around no more than 20 at any time. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't because what would we would do weddings for Disney are a lot different than regular weddings. There would be many in a day, but they would also be only like one to two hours. There'd be Uh, a few big ones, like big eight to 10 hour ones, Mm -hmm. but they're kind of few and far between because most people who come down to get married for Disney, if they're not doing it all out, they're just doing the little, like, let's get married and then go have fun in the parks, Right. (laughs) you know? Right. So there'd be a lot of, so so the photographers would do multiple weddings in a day. So we didn't need to have 50 or 100 photographers. That makes sense. Okay. So, but the storytelling element, did you get inspiration (laughs) from from being at Disney? Yeah. So specifically, 
funnily enough, when I when it was when I first started in PhotoPass, not even when I was doing portraits or anything like that, there was something so much different because you I mean you'd get the the portrait in front of the castle and all of that, and and those are great. Those are great to hang up on the wall. Those are the staples that you always want to get as a family, but they started this thing with more creative shots down at Disney. And then also they kind of pushed you to be a little bit more creative when when it wasn't too busy, you know, have fun with the guests and everything. And I would end up, especially in my my first time there, my first time working there, I worked at uh, Hollywood Studios, which is a little bit more of a laid back park. Mm -hmm. And you had a lot more time to have fun with the guests because there wasn't that much to do there and so they weren't impatient to get on to the next Uh. ride and so you could do a lot of creative things and I found that the pictures that they loved you know going back to like the viewing store or whatever the pictures that they loved were the ones where we were running around all over the park and the kids were exploring, like they were peeking out around a, ca- a vintage car or they were like playing. And it was these storytelling, more candid moments mm. that really pulled at the heartstrings more than, I mean, yes, they had the staples of the in front of the big icons, but it was those little moments, you know? And it's the same thing with seeing the characters, you know, with the little kids. You want the whole story of the kid, of the little girl running up to meet, you know, the princess. So you get that shot of her reaction. You get that shot of her running towards her princess. You have the shot of her hugging the princess. You get the whole experience, the whole story, which made it a lot more poignant, a lot more important to the guests and the clients, I feel, than just that one posed picture. So, Initially, then that mm-hmm. inspiration kind of led to you thinking, I need to add that twist to like, I think that, how did you tie how, that to boudoir photography? So, I think that's how I really built that into my business as a whole when I first started. Because when I first started, I was doing weddings and portraits okay. and boudoir, okay. And but I utilized that kind of mindset, that thinking of creating a story in my portrait sessions and in my wedding sessions. Like I would have a portrait session downtown where I would basically follow them downtown. And and I had one where it was in the rain and and we're just following them going and dancing through the rain and everything. And it's telling the story rather than just a pretty pose picture, which we got the pretty pose picture of them like kissing and and the whole, um, you know, like World War II D-Day, that whole dip pose. We got that shot with the, with the rain all around. It was beautiful. But you still want the in-between shots, you know, of like, how did they get there? How did they get from one location to the next? You know, what happened in between there? You don't just want those pretty pose shots. You want the in-between meaty stuff, too. The in-between. Yes, that's the a good in-between. Way. Well, and actually, so that's a good segue to my next question, which mm-hmm. is help us understand what the word story even means. Because you, you hear the word story used yeah. a lot. but. In the context of this conversation, and more specifically, the finished product that you're giving to your clients, what does a story look like? So story, it depends uh, on how we utilize it, because it can mean two different things, story, uh, for my boudoir sessions, honestly. Story can be what the client brings in. Like um, Every client is different, and I try and make sure not to have kind of a cookie cutter session for each client. You know, every client brings in something different. One will bring in, I literally had a girl bring in a bowling pin before and like bowling ball because her husband was on the team and the jersey and everything. She brought the jersey, a bowling pin and a bowling ball because her husband was on the team. Wow. And I mean, that creates a completely different story than anyone else. Right. You know? Yeah. And so we pull that in. We pull in the things that make them as a couple unique and her as a person or them as a person unique. We bring that to the session to create a story. Which you call it, because you almost call it a theme? Yeah, no? a theme to the session. Okay. Yeah, and that's that's really, all of my sessions, they include a style consult as well so that we can kind of fully delve. Because one person, she might want like a pinup her her dream boudoir session might be a pinup where, you know, it's, it's a, a pinup girl and her quite literal boudoir her secret little you know lingerie room and she's either getting ready for the day or she's undressing from the day Mm -hmm. and it's that whole story i can create like for one just for one session i can create a whole story just from one look Hmm. one lingerie look like a full head-to-toe lingerie look the just black bra and panty set the garter the hose the the shoes you can create a whole storyline just from that look because you know you have the whole hair and makeup the coiffed look and then you go from being fully clothed you get the full shot of the room the the environmental shot you know that that's that kind of scene setting shot mm-hmm. 
And then you go in from there, do different angles, mm-hmm. do different um, perspectives, give them actions. I always give girls actions. I'll put them in a pose. I'll do the pose first, honestly, because mm-hmm. they need to see it sometimes first. Yeah. And then I'll put them in the pose and I'll give them certain actions of what to do. And that kind of creates a story of like, you know, what's she going to do next? What's she going to do next? And then we slowly take off the clothes, the different elements. You know, we can do a full set of her just unrolling her garters down her leg. Sexiest thing ever. So we take take the garter and the and the hose off and the shoes off and then she's just in her lingerie set we can then go topless and just do underwear then we can go into implied nudes mm-hmm. and then if she wants to we can do full nudes we go the whole gamut that's an entire session right there telling a story of just her getting ready for the evening basically or getting ready at the end of the night so do you kind of pick that in that that pre-session console mm-hmm. do you pick that so-called theme or story yeah we talk about um kind of what their what her dream session would be would she like to, it to be you know more natural and classy you know daytime session kind of you know g-rated or g pg-13 kind of rated you know not too too yeah we need to at least bump into pg-13 <laughs> yeah, it's like, not too too crazy i've had <laughs> girls where it's it's more just like a beautiful glamorous portrait okay. session which is like a little bit of a sexual flair mm-hmm. that way it's because sexuality it runs the gamut that's fair from that natural sexy yeah, that's a good point. to the super super sexy a little bit of nuance yeah, yeah. and so or a lot of can, nuance yeah exactly uh, there are a lot of different ways that you can take boudoir and we definitely utilize them all here mm. <laughs> but yeah definitely they we talk about it during their style consult of what exactly because we talk about them as a couple and what they do together common hobbies things that they like to do things that are like little inside stories i have a story that's probably way too hot for a podcast so i probably won't say it, but it was <laughs> such a funny inside story yeah. and it's literally just for them it has to deal with jalapeno peppers wow and she literally brought a jalapeno pepper into the studio and okay. we shot with that in front of a gold backdrop and it was so hilarious like the little like secret smile oh my gosh like she they still have it hanging on their wall, big metal print of no it. No way. And, oh my gosh, yes. And it just, it looks amazing. And it's just this perfect little inside story between hmm. the two of them. Mm-hmm. So they'll always, like, people will look at it and be like, what? what? Yeah. <laughs> but for them, it's this perfect little inside story that sums up their quirky relationship. And that, to me, like, just, I mean, a picture, you know, shows a thousand, or says a thousand words. Mm-hmm. That, to me, just right there, telling mm-hmm. that story, mm-hmm. you know, you so much more than just a regular post picture. Do you feel like you have to kind of go exploring a little bit in that conversation to try oh, yeah. to find that thing? Oh, yeah. And then are you usually the one that, that you're like, that's the thing we need to run mm-hmm. with? Or do they usually? Call? It's a little bit of both. Okay. Sometimes uh, they come in, they're like, I want to do this, this, and this. And okay. I'm like, that's totally fine. Like, I have a lot of uh, like military wives, police wives, firefighter wives, things like that, where they're like, we're going to utilize this. And I'm like, sure, that's totally fine. Because that's them if there's anything else we can utilize, because usually my sessions themselves, they can go anywhere from three to six hours. So we have time. So we have time to utilize and, and pursue different little avenues. That's a long session. It is a long session. It includes hair and makeup and okay. styling and all of that. Okay. So it is definitely a long session because for boudoir, for me, it's not, you can't just do it in 30 minutes. Yeah. For someone to loosen up and yeah, to be true. able to like really get into it, and to really get out there. I mean, we start the day after hair and makeup. We start out with like exercise stretching and wow. da- a little bit of dancing, like just to loosen up. Okay. And that's something that you don't usually do in like an hour session, you know, <laughs> something like that. This, it takes a little bit of time to draw some girls out of their shell. Some, I mean, some girls, uh, I will totally get their session done within an hour. And I'm like, okay, what else should we do? Because we have everything. Wow. And that's why I say up to three hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because sometimes it'll go really fast okay. and we'll just get it done like that. But then sometimes it takes a little bit to kind of draw it out and to get that inner beauty yeah. kind of shining, yeah. you know? yeah. Because sometimes, and, and again, going with storytelling, the, the one thing I don't like about those posed pictures is sometimes you kind of get dead behind the eyes. Yes. Like after so much posing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the girls just kind of go blank face. Yep. And so that in itself, I'm like, I, I can't, I, I much rather have a story and tell them and give them actions and tell them what to do. <laughs> do they, you talk about the significance of story versus just the so-called portraits. Mm-hmm. Have you ever shot just a... I'm going to put in air quotes here, regular portrait session, boudoir portrait session, 
and seeing a client's response in that context versus the way that they respond to that story? Mm-hmm. Probably uh, more in my beginning years. I was more okay. like before I even because I did a few boudoir sessions back in college just for <laughs> just for shits and giggles. And uh, that was more like, OK, pose. OK, pose. OK, pose. And they were great. I mean, the clients love them. But it was more like, I don't know, it was was very, it was kind of almost indifferent a little bit. Mm. They were beautiful pictures and everything, but they didn't really connect to them because it's just a pose. It's just, it's like, it's it's coming, it's not coming from anything with feeling. It's not coming with it from anything with purpose of like, why is she posed that way? It's Mm. like, why does she have her legs in the air like that? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like, how did she get to be that way? You know, like I said, it's all about the in-between. It's all about the adventure rather than the end, you know? Yes. It's all about the Uh, Mm in-between. That's a great way to sum that up. (laughs) Well, so let's give our listeners a little bit more context. Walk us through, I mean, you you talked about the the consult. How long does a consult usually last? Yeah, so a consult can go from like 30 minutes usually to an hour, depending, Um, especially if we're looking through different sets and different costumes. Uh, I have a whole client closet full of lingerie and different items, so that can take a little bit to go through. I have to ask you this question. I'm not a boudoir photographer. Is there ever any apprehension? Somebody comes in and they're looking at this clothing that other people have worn and they're like, I don't know about that. Um, So I talked to them about it in their style consult and I've never had an issue. The thing is, you have to think of it. For one, I clean everything in between, obviously. But it's a lot like trying on bathing suits in the store. It's actually a lot better than trying on bathing suits in the the store because I'm pretty sure they don't wash those in between. Um, But I actually, I asked my girls specifically, like they don't need to bring anything because I have enough of a client closet that they can do their entire session with things from my client closet. So they don't need to go out and purchase all the lingerie they want um, or need or think they need. But I do recommend that they at least bring a black and a nude thong to wear underneath my things. Yep. That way, in case they do choose to wear any of those things, they're wearing something underneath. And they don't just like changing. Yeah, exactly. Just like changing into a swimsuit in the store. And then I clean everything in between. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Haven't had any issues, thankfully. That was just something I I was even thinking about recently. I'm like, I don't know about that. That's a question that people get, though, in a lot of the different groups. They're, you know, when boudoir photographers are asking about client closets, they're like, how in the world do you guys do it? And you just got to think about it in a certain way where it's like, oh, yeah. We change into bathing suits in the stores, and mm, yeah. it's like they want you to wear your underwear for a reason. Mm-hmm. So that's the same principle. Okay, yeah. got it, got it. Thanks for the clarification. There you go. So consultation, thirty minutes to an hour. You mm-hmm. have context. You go with it. You pick a theme, a story that that's yeah. going that the session is going to be based around. The client gets here for a session. Will you just kind of walk us through step by step what the that looks day. like and and <laughs> how ultimately you're you're constructing that session to tell that story. Yeah. So what we do is they get in and we first go through everything that they brought because sometimes it's changed between the style consult and the session because hmm. sometimes they'll have their style consult months in advance. Oh, wow. Um, I always tell them because they, they do book me quite early, you know, in advance. Sometimes I don't get too many last minute bookings. And so it can be months apart. I try to get their session, their consult a little bit before their session, not too, too far. But if they're wanting it, you know, super fast and and right away, we totally do that as well. Um, So we go through what they bring first off uh, during the day. And because I tell my clients, bring everything, you know, just in case, because you never know what might spark that creative, you know, thinking and or that idea that just makes it work. The other day we I had a session actually where it was such a last minute addition. We ended up doing some implied nude and then just using the tons of pearls that I have. And it ended up being both of our favorite parts of the session. Just the pearls. Just the pearls. But we'll go through the all of what they brought and we'll pick out kind of what we're thinking of. You always want to have things that kind of go to that make sense together, that tell that story. So that's how we choose outfits go through hers and then we'll go through my client closet to see if there's anything from there that they'd like to utilize again kind of still in the same realm like you don't want something that's like fire engine red and then the next look be yellow and the next look be you know the romantic nude you know it's like 
what's how do we get from there to there to there? Well, th- doesn't weird. the story generally help guide that though? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. And so that's what we're kind of picking and choosing uh, which we want to utilize okay. and how we want to shape it. Okay. Because she can come in and she can have that full, you know, garter belt look with the lingerie and then she could, but she could also bring in Jersey that, you know, her husband loves her favorite, you know, her husband's favorite Jersey. But we'll utilize that in the story. So what we'll do is, depending on how which they would prefer, and that's that's more album design wise. Afterwards, the way we would shoot it is we would actually shoot the total glam look first, merely because after hair and makeup is the best you're going to look. Because after a while, you're just going to have bedhead hair and uh, rumpled lipstick and all of that because you're going everywhere in the boudoir studio. And by the way, you, you mentioned. I think you just said the word bed, but I was I was thinking about this this bed that's over here in your studio. I'm, the I'm huge looking monster. <laughs> yeah. So for those of you who are listening in, we're trying to paint a picture here. It is one of the coolest beds I've ever seen in person. Honestly, the this is massive circular thing, this velvet pl- kind of plush velvet cover, blue cover on it. Incredible headboard. And pillows all around. I mean, it's it's a it's quite the sight to behold. It's a luxury right there. Yeah. It's definitely a luxurious bed. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. So when we're talking about shooting in in that scenario, that's that's what your clients get to come into. Yeah, they'll either get to come into that, and a lot of it is again pre planning, and because if they have what they're bringing in is completely different, then we'll utilize a different space. Okay. Or we'll even redecorate the space. Uh, Fair enough. To, yeah, because that wouldn't work for every session, obviously. That would not work for every session. Right. That is a very, it like, looks luxurious it's, session it's right It's pretty there. incredible, but you've got this amazing natural light mm-hmm. coming through the window right next to it that's so soft and perfect. It's, it's really, really incredible. But I didn't mean to take us off track. So they come in, you're, you're reviewing wardrobe, basically. Yeah, we go through our wardrobe real quick, yeah. Basically, we're just finalizing. Okay. We're like, okay, plan's still the same, or okay, we're going in a little bit of a different direction. And a lot of that is just on-the-fly creativity. You know, you see something, and you're just like, you get the spark of just creativity, and you're like, oh, we can totally utilize that. Yeah. Same thing, like, if, if a girl comes in and she doesn't really have too much, because I've had girls come in, and they're like, okay, well, I've, I've got the black thong. <laughs> I'm like, okay, then. Um, and we go through and, and if they didn't have a plan too much during their style consult, then I'll be like, okay, well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to grab this, 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 and this, and we're going to do this, 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 and this. And, and are you deciding that, that? So you're kind of deciding that on the fly versus mm-hmm. like, I, I think about it in the context of our conversation today. For example, I sent you an outline ahead of time, kind of breaking the fourth wall here, but mm-hmm. I sent you an outline ahead of time just to kind of give you an idea of what direction the conversation would go. It gives you opportunity to prep. It gives us flow and structure in the conversation do you do that kind of thing with the client or are you deciding there after they show up, after you review the wardrobe, all right, this is what we're going to do? So just like you said earlier, you you know, you sent me the outline, but then you just said earlier before we started that that's not exactly what we're going to yeah, do. Yeah, it's not you meant know, to be robotic. It's not meant to be robotic, exactly. Mm-hmm. I feel like my I take this my sessions the same exact way where it's like I will send them an outline. Because I do, I'd send them actually a timeline of like prep and tips and all of that. But... For me, for um, my purposes of prep, I, I will. I'll, I'll have like a kind of an idea of what we're going to do from the style consult. I'll have an idea. It won't be set in stone, though, until day of uh, where they bring in their things. And then we kind of will either go on the fly or we'll have that plan story-wise of what they bring in. And But I always try and create a story with what they bring or what they don't bring, and we just utilize in studio. Okay. Yeah. So you've chosen the wardrobe. Mm-hmm. What's next up? Yeah, then we could do hair and makeup because okay. uh, that also depends on what they bring. Because if they bring something super red, then we don't want purple lipstick, you know, or purple eyeshadow or things mm-hmm. like that. So we kind of utilize that time afterwards of like we figure out what exactly we're wanting to shoot with and then we'll go into hair and makeup and decide exactly what we're going to do because usually it's it's there's a basic hair and makeup tract with these boudoir sessions because unless they're wanting something super vintage or pinup it's going to be more Victoria's Secret kind of bedhead curls and that light shadowy eye and either a nude or a red or maroon lip. That's usually what everyone's generally gravitating towards. They're like, just make me look pretty. (laughs) And so we'll go through hair and makeup. This also gives a chance to chat with them more, to get uh, to know them more. Probably 75% of my job in studio, you know, dealing with clients is, is therapy and cheerleading. And just being a friend or a shoulder to cry on, because we do, we get to really know each other and, and really 
sometimes we open up some old wounds, definitely, too. Wow. Of, Go oh, yeah. Deep. Deep, deep, because we open up past insecurities. Because, mm. because a lot of the time, it's not just boudoir today. Especially, is not just about pretty pictures. It's about feeling confident about yourself and really loving yourself and your body and and uh, and feeling that confidence to be able to show it off and feeling empowered and and all of that. And sometimes you have a lot of insecurities holding you back from that. And so a lot of times trying to work through those, we get into some, yeah, some pretty deep topics. But that gives you the chance, you know, that time beforehand to kind of, again, get to know each other, get comfortable with each other. It's also why I like to do the style consult in the studio as well. So that okay. way they can see the studio. They, the first, so that the first time they're there, it's not when they're going to get naked. Right. You know, because that's, that's a little bit uncomfortable. <laughs> Just going, yeah. Just a right little in. bit. Yeah. Just a little bit uncomfortable. But it's all about that, you know, creating a, an environment that makes them feel comfortable enough to kind of shed that outer armor. Yep. Mm-hmm. Emotionally, so, like emotionally, figuratively, and literally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, quite literally. So at that point, then... Then we go into the shooting. Okay. Yeah, so we'll get into the first look. Like I said earlier, so say a girl brings in, she brings in that full lingerie look, and then she brings in, say, another bodysuit, or we pick a bodysuit from the st- studio client closet, and then she brings in also like a white button-up or a... Uh, a jersey, some kind of kind of like almost a wild card. How I would do it storyline wise, shooting, I would shoot that that Lux Lux look first with the okay. coiffed hair, the mm-hmm. the perfect lips, all of that jazz because it's going to be hard to recreate that later. Yeah. <laughs> After tumbling around and moving around all day. So we do that look first. And again, we go into the whole story like we'll do that whole storyline of her taking off everything and getting into that. And then to kind of go into that more jersey or, or button-up look, then I treat that almost as the next morning. Really? So you're, okay. Yeah, so it's kind of like the night before or uh, to the next morning, to like cool. the day after. Yep. So we can do it that way. To kind of put or, them, help them get in the right mental it gets, space Yeah, too? exactly. It gets okay. them into the right mental space. And that's another thing about story, you know, and about bringing storytelling into your photography. Mm-hmm. It does. It helps them get into that space, mm-hmm. into that headspace. Because with just posing, again, you get the dead eyes. Mm-hmm. You just, they kind of go into their own brain and, mm-hmm. and they kind of just, yeah, they get flat in their face, yep. in, their, in their eyes. They yep. have no emotion. Giving them an action, telling them a story, like this is what's happening now, it gets them more in the mood. It's the same thing as why like we have music going on and, and you know, it's the atmosphere. It gets them into that headspace. So yeah, we'll, we'll put them you know, into the studio, into that full lingerie look, pare it down to the implied nudes, and then it's the next morning with that oversized button-up, you know, because it's like that's the quintessential next morning look. Right. You've got that oversized button-up. Yep. But then we'll do that a whole more natural session. because So then, even though it's still telling a storyline, they still have, like, some good different looks as well. They can be a little bit more natural and a little bit more sexy. So that's kind of – that's what I do when, when girls want a little bit of both hmm. is, is I'll, I'll kind of point them towards – this way or that mm-hmm, way mm-hmm. we can also do it opposite ways i'll still shoot it that way where it's more glam look first but in album design if they wanted to instead instead of doing the darker look first into the more natural look of the day after uh if they wanted to we can also do it the opposite where it goes from light to dark okay where it's kind of like the day that morning and then her getting ready that evening yep mm-hmm. totally makes sense yeah it's also and- why i have a lot of like luxurious like actual gowns as mm-hmm. well because again we'll tell a story where she's coming in from a from a debonair you know evening out at a, at a party or whatever yep. and then slowly getting undressed and this is yep. what she has underneath mm-hmm. all of that so it tells a story wow okay mm-hmm. so but you mentioned the album let's let's touch yeah. on that bait just briefly here before we finish up you're telling a story with the photography and really in the succession of the photographs themselves yeah. But you do have the ability to be able to customize the final presentation later. Mm-hmm. Do most of your clients get an album and or print as a final product? That is, uh, the albums are my f- most popular, honestly. My two most popular items are albums and then the metal wall art. Because I don't do canvas, I do metals. Metals are, are just perfect for boudoir. That behind me is not a metal, that's a print. I, I see was, you eyeing that. That's I was not. looking, there's this On beautiful the black side. and white portrait yeah. behind you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's just a portrait. Uh, if I got a metal that size, that would probably bankrupt me. That's huge. Yeah. 
That is that is a huge Probably one. Probably a 30 by 40, maybe? I, th- I think, or like a 48, I think. Okay. Yeah, it's huge. On the other side, though, is, is one of my metal friends. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, albums, though, are are probably the favorite. Because again, they're like a big fairy tale storybook. I mm. mean, my, like my luxury albums, they're, mm, there's one right over there. Oh, I can I can go grab it real quick. Okay. Yes. It's 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 my baby. It's my twelve by twelve. This is my favorite album. Now I have I have to ask too. Yeah. What if you don't mind sharing what brand album company you're using? So I use the Boudoir album. Quite literally, it's called the Boudoir okay. album. Okay. They are amazing, and they specialize in boudoir. Well, and um, you literally have. Is this the? Mm-hmm. What is this here? That so we're this is at? a little um, wrap that they put into all the different packaging. Just a little extra added bonus of luxury. Wow. It's just like a little, yeah, it's this little embossed crushed velvet and lace kind of number. Cloth, yeah, that covers up the album. That's beautiful. Fancy. And then this is actually an ice cover with my um, Confident Caramel album, The Leather. So is that a, wow. So that's acrylic, a layer of acrylic over a metal print. Over the image, beautiful, beautiful image. And then that, that leather kind of binding and then the, the back cover, I guess the back cover is that mm-hmm. same material? All embossed, yeah. It's, it's all engraved and all of that. That is gorgeous. Wow. And it literally looks, it looks like a story, like the fairy tale books that you grew up with at, in all those like Disney movies where they'd open up that beautifully illuminated book. Except for just the slightly edgier <laughs> image on the cover. It's a little bit of your image on the cover it's a little bit of a naked woman but still it, it looks very it has that feel of that just like that you're right though tale. yeah it kind of a fantastical like a feel yeah. to it yeah but yeah it definitely kind of is reminiscent of fear just that fairy tale story kind of mm. and that's how i wanted to show off my pictures i wanted to tell that story and so yeah the, the albums are definitely the most popular because they wow. utilize that a little bit more yeah Beautiful. And we'll make sure to link to, you said it's called the Boudoir Album. That's the Boudoir the name of the Album. That's the name okay. of the company, yeah. So for anybody who's curious, we'll link to that in the show notes at bocapodcast.com as well. And it's unfortunate that you all can't see the, the beautiful work that she's showing me in the album um, as I'm talking here. But I, I really appreciate you making time to share your perspective, Tasha. I mean, yeah. it's it's fascinating to come in and actually get to see the working space here. And seriously, one of the most incredible beds that I've ever seen. And it's a kind of a random statement to make, but like in the context of this conversation, it's pretty incredible, actually. If you go to my Instagram, you'll be able to see it. It's oh. it's probably one of the most prevalent ones on the on my newest uh, pictures. You'll be able to see a lot of the different well, <laughs> sides of this bed. And and the if, if for those of you listening in again, we'll link to this in the show notes. It's Wanderlust underscore Boudoir, and uh, it's Wander. WanderlustBoudoirStudio.com is, is the website, but I'm, I'm actually going to pull this up here really quickly and just give you a, a point of reference. So yeah, it looks like we're, we're seeing actually the image, I think it's, yeah, here's another image that actually mm-hmm. really showcases that idea of shooting through an object or objects, but May 27th, uh, there's a client there that's photographed on that, on that blue bed. It's, it's amazing. Uh, we'll link to all of this in the show notes. For those of you who are curious, make sure that you take advantage of that resource um, and Tasha, thank you so much for making time to share with all of our thank listeners. Thank you for having me. This has been wonderful. Thank you so much for listening to the Boca Podcast. We let us know what you thought by leaving a review of the podcast in the Apple Podcast app. And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast and suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My email is nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca Podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the professional photographer. Visit photographersedit.com.